What is going on, everybody? Welcome to our very first episode of the Chop Heads podcast here on the Chop Sports Network. We're teaming up with Fightbook MMA, and we got my boy Tommy D here. Me and Tommy go way, way back. We used to do a podcast, kind of little um, grassroots thing that we did way back in the day, and Tommy D's actually still got that podcast going. So if you want to go check that out, the Pride Rules podcast, where are you at, Tommy? Fightbook MMA? Fightbook MMA. Uh, head over to uh, Fightbook MMA on YouTube. You can find it on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, all of the, uh, the the major podcast networks. And I uh, say that because we are also going to be available on Fightbook MMA. Like I said, we are powered now powered by Fightbook MMA. Um, they have a pretty much an international reach in the fight game, in the combat sports game, and I'm super excited to be to be working with them. Um, it's something that I feel I missed out an opportunity on way back when I got out of the Pride Rules game. But here we are. Me and Tommy are here to kick things off for you. Talk a little bit about the this past weekend's fight night card. What's next for the fighters? A lot of controversy going down in that fight. And then we have, you know, basically what the whole welterweight division it looks a little murky at the top. And then we're going to break down a little bit of the Michael Chandler, Justin Gaethje card. That they just announced, not the card, but they just announced the fight. Yeah, I don't think they have the rest of the card set up yet. Okay, okay. So now, Tommy, why don't you tell us a little bit more about the Fight Book MMA game and uh, how things go over there with my boy Roberto and, you know, introduce the Chop Sports people so we got a little, a little understanding of what they got in store for them going forward. Yeah, so uh, the company's based out of New Mexico. Roberto is a former former uh, MMA fighter and kickboxer and and you know he loves MMA media so he uh started up the MMA media company and uh it's grown really much pretty much all over the world we're in uh England we're in Ireland um we're involved with a lot of promotions um Brave Combat's another one uh Valor Bare Knuckle Boxing which is Ken Shamrock's organization that Roberto works for I'm um, you know we're we're pumping articles out like crazy uh, just as <laughs> Pride Rules signed on with Fightbook, uh, Fightbook just struck a deal with USA Today Sports. Um, we're affiliated with MMA. When Junkie you say now. Pride Rules, you mean Chop Sports f- signed on with Fightbook? Are you getting your your podcast mixed up with us, Tommy? No, no, no. When you were on the call oh. when Roberto jumped on, oh with us when yes, Trish was there. Yes. Remember that? See, now we're talking way back. I think yeah. we're talking about now. Like no, no okay, no. So uh, you know they had just signed on with USA Today Sports. Then now, like I said, they're linked up with MMA Junkie. Whoops. Um, oh, that's all right, man. We'll, we'll take it out in post. We've never been able to say that before because usually we're used to doing a, yeah a the live the live shows, shows. <laughs> getting prank called by Howard Stern. <laughs> But yeah, so Fightbook is growing big time, and um, Roberto's always looking to uh, to link up with young up and coming companies. Well, I'm not that young, but I appreciate it. Well, the company, yeah, the company, <laughs> the, company the young, the young that's, company. That's what he's looking forward to uh, to linking up with, and it's going to be great for both brands. And uh, I'm glad to be doing this. Um, yeah, it's a long time coming, bro. We mm-hmm. had a we had. Well, well, I'm sure we'll get into it for the for the listeners as we go along and we break down. Things going forward. Me and Tommy go way back, like I said. There's going to be some good banter, great ebb and flow. I pretty much don't actually like him. I don't like any of the fighters he likes, and he doesn't like me. But here we are doing a podcast, and hopefully we get some good laughs out of it and, um, you know, go from there. 
you know, as I get older, I tend to appreciate different things. One thing I love now more than I ever have in the past is some unique furniture. Not just any furniture, unique custom furniture made by Battle Rattle Woodworks. He's specialing in charcuterie boards for all those parties you're about to host when this weather gets a little nicer. Even better, if you enter the code CHOP15 at checkout, you're going to get 15% off your entire purchase. Massive savings on some unique American-made stuff. Help support your local veteran right now and visit them on social media at Battle Rattle Woodworks. Hey guys, it's Sturge from the Chop Sports Podcast, and I'm here to talk to you about LVC Transport. I recently just had to help a family member move after living in the same house for over 20 years. You know what that means. That's a lot of stuff. So I called my buddy Chris over at LVC Transport. He hooked it up with a massive dumpster. Huge discount. Now, he's looking to help out every member of Chop Sports. Call him today, drop the name Chop Sports, and he's going to take 10% off the top right away. Just say Chop Sports, and he's taking 10% off the top. Get your free estimate today. Give him a call, 908-705-3006. First things first, Tommy, what do you think of this past weekend's card? Well, considering I didn't turn it on to the Dan Ige fight because... It's a good spot to turn it on, though. Yeah. You, you, did you miss it? No. You got no, to no, see no. it. No, I turned it on right at that fight because I was out. and Usually when I'm out, I'll just watch it on my phone. Mm-hmm. But all of the, the posts that were coming on were just like people were bored with it. So I thought right off the bat, this is just another one of those shitty fights. I, I don't know why, but I was fucking balls deep in that card. Maybe because I kind of... Haven't really been watching as much MMA as I'd like to mm-hmm. lately because I've been, been super busy. busy. You know? But now that I, I knew I had this podcast coming up, so I was like, fuck, I better watch this fucking card. And I missed it, man. I'm so happy that I'm back full-fledged into the MMA game. Um, but, yeah, that wasn't that bad of a card. Eh. You just missed the whole fucking thing, so you really can't talk shit. I, even when we talked about it on uh, Monday night, it wasn't really like nobody really had anything that important to talk about. Um you know, it started out crap, and it ended crap. Your your curtain jerker for the main card ends in an illegal knee in the first round, and it becomes a no contest. That right there sets the tone for the rest of the night. Like, yeah, it couldn't have ended any other way than it ended because of the way it started. Yeah, you know? it really was bookended that by by bullshit. Like, how bad is that? Yeah, the UFC's got. I would say the UFC is just combat sports in general have that problem in America. <laughs> I don't think it's really a pride UFC thing, which we'll get into a little bit about the gloves, but isn't that like a governing body overall? I mean, look at look at Ryzen. You have Gabby Garcia fighting 60-year-old yeah. Japanese <laughs> school teachers. I know your whole thoughts on the Gabby Garcia yeah, situation. You know I mean? we'll, go, like, we'll, we'll touch on that. Her uh, dick was bigger than the school teacher. Oh, there it is. Hey, oh. <laughs> 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 you were waiting for it. I know Coach you were. Coach Steve. <laughs> um... So, yeah, so now that we had the controversy and the way the card ended, obviously everyone's aware the accidental, possibly on purpose, I poke. No, nah, it, it, was, was it was an accidental. I mean, we'll get, we'll get to that, but let's, uh, let's talk about Danny Ige, bro. Okay, yeah. You know, yeah. He, uh, he was coming back after getting trounced by Rob Font um, in his previous fight. And, you know, Rob Font's part of that New England mafia that was making the big charge. Fuck Tom Brady. Exactly. Making that big charge in MMA right now, and everybody was interested to see how Ige was going to come out, and one straight right hand in 22 seconds, and the fight was over. Now, I think I watched the post-fight, and he was almost 
upset with the fact that he ended it so fast because he worked so hard. And that's got to be a thing for some fighters where they bust their ass to this huge camp and then they don't actually get to go showcase their skills. But I'll take that walk off any day. Yeah, I mean, like, you talk to a lot of these guys where if it's a newer guy, which Dan Ige isn't, but if it's a newer guy, you kind of want to see him go a little bit longer. You want to see what his gas tank is like. You want to see how his gas tank is going to be going into that third round. Yeah. Because I know the world loves the Connor, but the one thing that we didn't know about him was his gas tank was fucking atrocious. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately we know now. Yeah, you know what I mean? His gas tank was, was kind of atrocious. Uh, I know he got that, that burst against Nate Diaz in the second I mean, I, I feel like... Nate Diaz kind of exposed the fact, the lack of a gas tank in the first fight. Yeah, so when you see these guys, you want to see what kind of a gas tank they have. You know Ige's pretty good, but you go through a six- to eight-week fight camp. You're dodged up, ducking, dipping, diving, and dodging from the, you know, the sweet lady Rona uh, the entire time that you're there, and then you're quarantining, and then you go in there for just 22 seconds. He, he broke more of a sweat in the back warming up for the fight. You know, and for the opponent, you got to feel bad for him because you know he's better than 22 seconds. Yeah. You, you know, you, you kind of hate when fights end like that, but that card needed that for the main card after, you know, the shit sandwich that we were fed, that we were fed with the first fight. Especially on the heels of the Aljo situation where that kind of left the, the bad taste in not only the UFCs yeah. and, and, like, but just the whole East Coast, New York, New Jersey, MMA region was kind of shocked to the core by that. And I don't say that because of the situation with Aljo. I think you know where I'm going with this, Tommy. My boy Matt Serra, he deserves a little more a little more than that. And yeah, I don't want to go to all, too much off topic well, from the Ige fight. But all right, well, of course they are because Matt Serra is a fucking a real. He's a real one, and he's not going to hold a public grudge against a guy that he brought along. But we both know what the fuck's going on there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, and uh, but you know, you know not to, not, not like you said not to get off topic, but the uh, the New Jersey New York MMA scene's kind of falling out. They're kind of like beefing now. That's what kinda happens. Falling out, everyone you know, gets a little older, and they go. That, well, that's what it is. Yeah. Nobody from like here right now is really making a head charge anymore. They all moved down to Florida. Yeah, they all went down to Florida. Uh, Marlon, uh, Edson Barbosa. Um, it's what happens when you have young guys coming up together and then they're all around the same weight and they start peaking at the same time. And now there's only one title and there's, it's just like, that's how it happens. I mean, it's the fight game. It's a dangerous sport and there's not really many long lasting friendships until after the fact, like you'll see maybe like down the line, I could guarantee you Cormier and John Jones get along. Like all these rivalries that happen. I see that. Yeah, I do. I, don't. I do. I think John Jones actually wants to be friends, and Daniel Cormier is just so bitter, but eventually will maybe, you know, I think John Jones come will be to dead terms. before that happens. <laughs> Let's not talk like that's that. What, that's what I think. Who's going to kill him, Nganu? No. I, he's <laughs> he's got an uppercut? No. The Overeem uppercut? I think he's going to crash into somebody this time, and he's not going to be able to Well, let's it. just not hope. Let's <laughs> hope that you're not right on that one because – God forbid, but I'm, I'm if Tommy, saying. so basically what Tommy D is saying is if he had a, if he was in a death pool, John Jones would be a number one pick. Before DC, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the cupcakes won't kill DC before right. a uh, so, car crash with so John Jones. The one thing that I said that we're good at is getting off topic a little bit, me and you. So we're gonna reel it back in. We're gonna it's get back wild, into man. the it's UFC, fun, the UFC <laughs> fight night. Um, the other, only, like I said, the only other notable fight on that card was the main event and it like you mentioned earlier it ended like shit yeah i mean especially for i mean Bilal was losing that fight 
Yeah. Uh, Leon Edwards clipped him with that head kick. I mean, chin to chin. Uh, he even cut Bilal behind his ear. Yeah, which is a unique place to be cut yeah, in a weird. fight. I think uh, Leon Edwards needs to cut those toenails. I think that's what it was. I know. They did any toenails. That's just bone on. Like, it, it just hit a... I've never of, seen that before. Yeah. That's the only thing I can think of is, like, his toe, like, scratched. I can't imagine that they're not checking these dudes' toenails. Like, when we were in high school, fucking wrestling matches, the refs would check our fingernails. You don't think that the UFC guys are getting their toenails checked? Huh. What about the... Was it the Mark Hunt, um, Junior Sagano fight, where he, like, hit him with a wheel kick and his toenail clipped him in his eyeball or something yes. like that? Yes. So, like... See what I'm saying? Yeah, it does happen. I guess you're right. See what I mean? So yeah. it, it could have been that. But, you know, Leon Edwards was winning that fight. But the problem that I have with this is a few years ago, and you could call it the John Jones rule because he's the reason that that rule was set out. When you are leading, you are not allowed to lead with your hand flat straight up. The camera so the people can see. See this? You're not allowed to lead this way. You can lead this way. You can't lead this way. The problem is, they're not enforcing it. So Ever. Until, until an infraction has taken place. They're not like, watch your hands, watch your hands the entire fight. If someone gets poked, they'll be like, oh, hands up, not out. And that's the problem. They got to be more yeah, proactive. You know, you could see it as he was coming in. You know what I mean? It, it now, was like, come on, man. Now, to me, to me, I don't think that, that policing it throughout the fight is the solve. And I know that you agree with me on that, which yeah. is rare. You can't expect the refs have a fucking really hard job. And rightfully so, they get scrutinized because you should be doing your job well if you're at that level. Judges, refs, you name it. But mm-hmm. I think, and I'm sure just judging by the social media posts that I've read of yours in the last couple of days that you're and you and me are actually in agreement on one more thing and that it's not about the rule change. It's about the fucking equipment. Yeah. I mean, this has been Joe Rogan's thing for the past, however many years he's had. If his Joe podcast. Rogan's an advocate, then let's be real. Why isn't it happening? The I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's a, if it's like a, a pride thing with Dana where these were our gloves and we're and like a pride them. and like a literally like pride, like yeah. pun so intended. If you go on UFC.com, they sell the curved gloves. They sell them. In my truck right now, I have uh, the HKA shell gloves. I still kick your fucking ass, bro. We got a camera. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. You put one glove on, I'll put one bro, glove on. Bro, that reminds me of my father used to clear the couches out. We had one pair of boxing gloves, <laughs> and I would get one, but I used to get the right because I was littler. Yeah. I did get this snot knocked out of me a few times, but I've got some wins. But yeah. So the, the turtle gloves, they're curved. So if the training gloves are curved and you could sell the curved gloves on your website, why aren't you having your fighters use it? It keeps your hands just like this. So you can it's I mean yes, you can stretch And them out. not only that, they're they're also completely open on the palm, so like they're actually yeah. better for grappling. Yeah. You don't have that thing that you have to squeeze. No. You know, you can straighten your hand out, but it's going to be a lot harder and it's going to be easier for the referee to catch that. As opposed to the UFC glove where there's space here and they can just lift their hand right up and it's no big deal. I mean, that, that iconic picture of John Jones's finger in Glover Teixeira's eye. I mean, you know, we, we were doing the podcast then. Yeah. I don't even think he bought Glover dinner after he did that to him. I mean, where was the hashtag Me Too movement yeah. at? He didn't ask <laughs> he to sodomized his eyeball. Like that. Sodomized his eyeball. I'm telling you. You know, and... and I even tweeted to Dana White and on Instagram. I'm like, what is it going to take? Did he listen to you? Did he answer you? I don't you? know. <laughs> so probably not because I didn't insult him enough. 
But like, it's like, what is it going to take for this change to actually be real? It's going to take somebody's eyeball on the floor, like in Kill Bill Volume 2, and then somebody steps on it. That's what it's going to take. You know what it's going to take? It's going to take a mega superstar to either lose his belt because of it or get seriously injured because well, of it. Look at Stipe. Yeah. He but had to have... Well, I know you said you haven't been following, but after... No, I know. His, I saw that, the, the Cormier one, right? After, after his fight with Cormier, he had to have his, his surgery on his eye from an eye poke. He hasn't been in the cage since. He's got that fight coming up with Ngannou, but he hasn't been in the cage since. So right there, your heavyweight champion had... An eye poke issue, and it has nothing to do with if it's intentional or not. Yeah, you know, there you could say that it's a te- maybe John Jones. There's not people really out. There's, there's. I wouldn't say that there's somebody like saying like I'm going to poke him in the eye right now, but I think that there's techniques that you know people practice that they're like, well, I'm going to do this and I don't care. So it's like, like there's we're going to raise the possibility or the probability of me poking him in the eye by using this technique, but they don't really stop it. And there's no real infractions. Did I say that word infraction? Mm -hmm. There's no real infractions for getting caught um, outside of the possible, like no contest, (laughs) you know, like it's not even like, yeah, it's, you know, and if you go back to uh, BKFC, uh, Chris Lieben uh, against, I think the guy's name is Thomas Henry. Chris Lieben hit him. Right in the eyeball with his knuckle. He hit him so hard, Thomas Henry thought that it was an eye poke, and they watched the replay, and it was just the knuckle. And Thomas Henry's eye looked just like Bilal Muhammad's eye. Yeah. So the damage can be done with a finger poke. I mean, did you you saw Bilal Muhammad's eye? As yeah, he was, yeah. The guy yeah. was crying mm-hmm. in that cage from how bad that eye poke was. You know, in a fight that he was losing. So yeah, you got to run that back. I, I know where you're going with it. Doubt, yeah, I'm glad you just asked that. You just said that because no, I mean, I was going to ask, what do you think? Do they, they run? run it, it do they run it back? I do not. I mean, because he was pretty significant. I don't think he was even at risk once. Edwards, he was cruising in that fight, as you mentioned earlier. You want to um, look at the the lead up to that, Edwards really had a fucking raw deal with opponents pulling out, him trying to get a fight. I think in the early going of him not getting a fight, there was a shred of him being the problem and not taking fights mm-hmm. with guys and um, posturing for his title shot, posturing for his Masvidal fight, etc. cetera. Um, but he put himself in a position where, you know, what is he on, a 10, 11, 10? The last time he lost know. was Usman. Like, we'll put it that way. And that was a long I, time I, ago. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't even remember any current. Usman was his last Usman was his last loss. He hasn't fought much in, I think, over about two years. I think he's only fought once. Um, and the fact is, he should have been fighting Colby. And Colby didn't want to fight him for whatever reason. And like I said, there could be reasons that maybe Leon Edwards had to do with it, that why they didn't fight. But in any event, he's ranked a little too high to... I feel like that was a gift, not a gift to Muhammad, but it was like, all right, I need to fight. I need some money. I need a paycheck. I'll take this dangerous fight and put it on the lines for a payday, but I'm not willing to do that twice, especially when it was pretty much proven to the public who the winner of that fight was. And it's a step back for for Edwards, and I think that you could admit that. It is, but you also got to remember that Bilal took that on short notice. Agreed. So that's why... You know, in the whole era of, well, if I get a full camp, I could do better. If we're going to do that for certain fights, should be able to do it for this well, one. Well, in yes, there there is that. But 
those two would have never been fighting if it wasn't for a unique circumstance. And that's why. And that's a crime because Bilal Muhammad is so skilled. I and, agree. And he's getting better and better. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a UFC marketing thing. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know. Well, he lined himself up with, with Ali. So if you're going to line yourself up with a manager, that's who you're going to line yourself up with. You know, love him or hate him. Hate him. That guy gets his he gets his guy. I fuck. He's probably my least favorite person in the whole sport. See, and I like him. Yeah, <laughs> of course you do. And that's fucking crazy to me. What is he fucking Frankie Eggers manager? Frankie's Exactly. Uh, now we had to say no Ga- more. Frankie, Justin Gaethje, uh Khabib. He's got he's got like the uh the the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Enough about the rat. <laughs> <laughs> enough about the rat So uh, yeah So enough about the rat Let's get into the rat's fighter And what's next for him And then what's next for uh, Leon Edwards because Each other you, Now we both know that's not happening It's gotta It's not gonna happen Leon Edwards is never gonna He just He wouldn't fight for two years And now all of a sudden He's gonna take that fight again I mean he should If he can't get another fight But I feel like There's gonna be some people Willing to, willing to take that fight now the I don't fight. know. I don't think they really, either one of them really has a dance partner because they got they got nothing out of that fight. Yeah, either one so, of them got nothing out of the fight. The way the welterweight division shakes out now is obviously Colby doesn't have a guy to fight with the Usman and Masvidal rematch taking place. Um, pointlessly, I might add. I don't really think that there's any reason for that fight to take place again. But it's money. Yeah. Well. Obviously, we know Usman will probably walk through Masvidal, but that fight you would you would imagine is going to shelf Usman for another six months after that because when a title you know so the title's not changing hands anytime soon in the mm-hmm. welterweight division. Colby wants to fight Usman and Usman only, the way I see it. Correct. So with that fight lined up, you pretty much shelf Colby for the next year. I think Dana will kind of put the screws to him and be like, "Look, you know, let's just say." Like you're saying, Usman's out for six months. Um, give Colby the loser of that fight. Um, maybe. But I don't know because he beat Tyron Woodley, who was the former champion. I mean, he beat him. But, like, decisive. why would why would somebody in Colby's position who thinks he's in line for a title shot want to fight the loser of any fight? Because the longer you sit out, the least people are going to give a shit. Well, he's hanging out with Pollyanna Viana, isn't he? Isn't that a thing? Yeah, I think yeah, she, she, I, put she put the kibosh the, on Exactly. That. She was like, nah, we're just e- friends. Even though that hand was on the inner part of his thigh, if there's a female And, vi- playing, and vice versa. You know. And he did mention her on the Ariel Hawani show, I think yesterday. Or, Fuck or, Ariel yeah. Hawani. Oh, what? You got beef with Ariel now? Come on. Tommy's too big time now. He's even bigger than Ariel Helwani. No, I got a problem with him with the whole Gina Carano situation. Because oh. He made that whole situation about him. So, Tommy, what we don't do here is we don't politicize anything. And, um, but go ahead. Why not? What, what's your thoughts on the Gina Carano situation? I'm just fucking with you, though. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Well, what had happened was, no, I just, you always known my feeling on Ariel Hawani. Yeah. He's dry. I don't know how he got where he got. I, I just, I don't get it. I took a piss next to him at the Prudential Center once, and it was uncomfortable. You were in the women's bathroom? Yeah. Oh! <laughs> yeah, I was. Why? What's the problem? I, you know, you identify right. whatever you that. want to identify. So we with. both agree that there's really no clear direction for anybody at the top of the welterweight division. Um, Kamjat might or might not ever fight again. No, he's coming back. That was... What are your thoughts on that guy? 
I mean, he's a monster, you know, when I'm he's not, not a fan. I'm not a fan. Throwing up his, his lungs. Well, because you don't like any Dagestani fighters. That's not true. I, I like Khabib. I don't like, I didn't like Khabib in the early going because obviously I had a dog in the race, but he fucking squashed that dog and choked him on, <laughs> choked him out. You name it. Dropped him with a, with a hook. I mean, we both know that that was just, you know, MMA striking. It's not striking, striking. That's what happens when you have to worry about a double leg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, from so. anywhere. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Kamzat, I mean, the guy's an animal. But, you know, everybody thought that he was going to retire. And then Dana had, had gone out and said, the guy's supposed to be at home relaxing. And he's training with whatever the hell he's got going on with him. So I think he's going to come back. What else is he going to do? Is he going to be a lip model? What would you say right now out of, like, all the divisions in the UFC, which which are your most, which ones get you going the most? Right now, I'm... Middleweight, because I'm, I'm an Izzy fan. I love Izzy. All right, I'll go with middleweight, and as crazy as this sounds, it's like the most intrigue right now in the UFC, hands down, is heavyweight to me. John Jones. Because the John Jones situation, it's been rare, especially of the last decade. Mm-hmm. Heavyweight has been pretty much largely uneventful due to the fact that just the inactivity of the fighters, and they're not. And most of them are ninety. And yeah, and like the that's what it is. Like the inactivity, and these fighters don't usually get. You know, at heavyweight, the the prime is a little later, wouldn't mm-hmm. you say? You know, like the young younger fighters at at the the guys that move around a little bit better. You, you know, when they get older, they they're lacking. But at heavyweight, the guys aren't really moving too big. It's like it's really about the technique and who's the. You know, polish their skill set the most while maintaining that youthful, which is hard and heavyweight. Anyone get clipped in any in any moment? But what would you say is going to shake out in the whole heavyweight division? God, I don't know. I don't think Engano is beating Stipe. I think we've already seen that. I think Stipe beats Engano, and I think he retires. Well, you think Stipe beats Engano if the fight goes the way it should go, but. At heavyweight. Yeah, I, I think it'll go the way that it should go. And, it, you know, I would see Steve Bay retiring because the UFC gives the guy no love. And what you just said is a big reason is why I think Steve Bay might lose. I don't think Steve Bay, I don't want to sit here and get in another man's head, specifically someone as motivated and as talented and as proven as a guy like Steve Bay. But I don't know that Stipe is hungry. What you just said, like, if he wins, he'll probably retire. You know, he really doesn't have much left to accomplish in the sport. I don't think he's even too excited about this fight. And rightfully so. It's a payday. It's the right fight to make at the time. Um, I don't think Stipe leaves the John Jones fight on the table. That's that's what I was going to say. Like, unless the John Jones fight is really happening, then that'll be his swan song no matter what. But I I think Stipe is still pissed because, once again... Your champion, the most title defenses at heavyweight in UFC history, more than Randy Couture and any top heavyweight that you can think of, he's still the underdog. He's the underdog against a guy that he handily beat for five rounds. He made it look easy. I don't think that Ngannou's grappling got any better. Yeah, everybody's going nuts about his grappling. Oh well, you beat Curtis. Well, Blades. what's going to happen? He beat Curtis but Blades what, before too. But, it doesn't matter. But what's going to I don't think anybody's sitting here saying that Ngannou's gonna gonna choke him out. I think that he just has to clip him. No, I I think Stipe's boxing is good enough to not get in the way and uh, and get clipped. I mean, he did get caught early in the first fight, and he and he 
Walked right through it. But, yeah, so. <laughs> he walked right through it, put him on his back, and that's where he kept him for five rounds. Um, we always think of the, the heavyweight division having to be exciting because you have those potential for knockouts. But when they don't go that way, it's a really, really hard fight to uh, watch. You see, I was enjoying it because I was like, look, this, this is your king? The reason why you were enjoying it, and I could relate to this, is because when you want somebody to win bad, you don't care how they're winning bad. And it's like you'll you'll watch GSP, not you specifically, but you know, back in the day, you would watch a George St. Pierre just take someone down and be like, no, he won, he won. Yeah, because he did, but it, it wasn't exciting. Right. To the non-GSP fan, it's like, Well, on. my whole problem with Ngannou was it was too much too soon, right? Like, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. They he, brought knocked, a- he knocked... Alistair Overeem out cold. That's why now is the time for Ngannou, and that's why this is the more dangerous fight now. I still think it's just going to go the same way. I don't. I it don't could. think his grappling has improved, but the way it needs to be. To touch on what you were saying, it was too much too soon for yeah. him, and now is the time for him. You know, but with that loss, might have made him. You know, his cardio was a, a sh- in a shitter train wreck at that point. Um. I don't know how you could really develop, like, in-fight cardio with training. Like, those are the types of things that need to be just, like, you need to run miles and miles and miles and miles yeah, and well, drill I mean, and drill. he spends all his time at the performances. Yeah, but how much? How many minutes and hours of sparring do you think Ngannou gets? I don't know. He's probably a hard guy to spar Who with. Who the fuck wants to spar with Exactly. Him? That's my <laughs> point. Like, you really, it's probably really hard to find sparring partners for him. So, I don't think that you could, you're ever going to see Ngannou with, like, a gas tank. He's coming in guns blazing. If he doesn't fucking knock you out early, there's always the chance that he catches someone late. Or the other guy he's fighting also is guessing out, but that won't happen with Stipe. Mm-mm. So that's why I think it's kind of going to be the same thing. And then, yeah, if as long as that John Jones fight is on the table, I think Stipe will take it for what? Because that's going to be probably the biggest payday in UFC history. Even It'll probably be a shade right underneath Brock Lesnar. Put the mic closer to your face. It'll probably be a shade... Underneath uh, Brock Lesnar and uh, Randy Couture, because I know that that generated a lot. But this will be the that John Jones fight will be the biggest one if it goes with Stipe. If Stipe loses, I see John Jones embarrassing Ngannou. Same deal though, like the Ngannou. Anytime you line Ngannou up in an octagon and you close the cage door, there's a there's a fucking high probability of. Someone getting knocked the fuck out. And I know Ngano is not getting knocked out by John Jones. No. No. Right? No, well, I mean, unless, you know, maybe John Jones takes maybe his Maybe a dick TKO, pills, yeah. Takes his dick pill and knocks him out with that hammer. Yeah. <laughs> that big old bell end. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great show that we talked about for about an hour of John Jones' penis. Yeah. <laughs> Nightmare. But, um... So we we just touched on the heavyweights. Now we're going to go on down to the lightweight division. We have a nice fight that just got announced. Um, we have the 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 queen of cringe because he's not the king of cringe. Because we already have that triple and, C. But yeah, what you were saying before, like the whole UFC's become cringe now. But none, like none more than Michael Chandler in his post fight against well, who who did he just knock out? Uh, Dan Hooker. Dan Hooker. <laughs> And then after that fight, he just pulled the full full on Colby Covington. Only like he's a little bit more of a dork than Colby is, so it just doesn't play well. Um, you think there's a guy on earth that wants uh, Chandler to beat Gaethje? You know, see, it's tough because besides the people that think that he's cringe, he's an amazing fighter. Oh yeah, you know, he was he was amazing with Bellator all those years. You know, the, the fights with Eddie Alvarez. I mean, 
Jesus Christ. Um, it's an intriguing fight with Gaethje just for the way that uh, Chandler went out there against Hooker. Hooker was talking all that shit before the fight. When that cage door closed, he was afraid. Yeah. Chandler definitely has that look that will scare the shit out of you as a light. Like he, it, I don't know what it is. I mean, just a... He's built like a Greek solid. god. Yeah. Wait, first of all, relax. Greek god. What are you trying to bang him, dude? I mean, how much? <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. Sturch here from the Chop Sports Podcast, and I want to tell you a little bit about Sunflower Meadow Seasoning. First of all, a guy my size likes flavor on his food, and there's nobody other than Jess that I go to for that. Her flavors range from French onion, BLT, Cajun country, so much more. They got dip blends, season shakers, smoothie mixes. Not even kidding. I've added some of their smoothie mixes to my post-workout protein shakes, and my goodness, what a difference. Get on over to sunflowermeadowseasoning.com for their entire list of products. Tell them Chop Sports sent you. So how do you see the whole Chandler Gaethje fight going down? I don't know. Because, I mean, everybody knows Justin Gaethje, Chandler Granite, um, you know, a lot of these fans who really didn't know Justin Gaethje don't realize how good his wrestling actually is. Because he never gets to put it on display because it's like, I'm going to bring up my boy. It's like no one ever actually gets to experience the Nate Diaz jiu-jitsu game because he's down to box. He's down to keep it on his feet. I'm pretty sure uh, Batman knew uh, his jiu-jitsu game. Um, Connor didn't. Yeah, he did. He found out. Yeah. He found out. But who the fuck is Batman? Um, the fuck's his name from, from Point Pleasant? Oh, my God. I can't, I can't think of his name. He was, oh, uh, oh, oh, Kurt Pellegrino? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> what a fucking dork he Fuck is. Fuck sticks, coach. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be an intriguing matchup ground-wise. I think they're just going to both keep it standing. Yeah, I agree. His chin's... Stronger. Um, I think that Gaethje hits hard, but I want to, like, it's, I don't know. Chandler hits hard. Yeah. Well, I mean, look what we just saw. Yeah. Um, Gaethje's not going to be afraid like Hooker was. He's not going to run around the cage. He, he's going to go straight forward. Um, so I think we're going to get the same fight that we saw with Gaethje and Eddie Alvarez, which was, I mean, fight of the year a couple years ago. So I think that's what we're going to get with this one. I'm very, very excited for it. Yeah, I'm excited about that one too. When is that fight? That's in the end of the end of spring. It's not for a while, no. Well, or, Dariush and is that uh, May? I think it's a May card. And yeah, Dariush and Tony are UFC 262. So I don't think they have an official date for. Yeah, Chandler that's what yet. I'm saying. There's not even anything announced besides that. I fight. hope they put it on that UFC 262 card. What What else is on that? Nothing. Nothing. Just Dariush and uh, and Tony. So oh, so that's the main event then of that of I that would card. Think, I yeah, mean, because don't they don't have a main event on. Going, yeah, no doubt. You know what are you going to do? Have Amanda Nunes fight the entire one fifteen division because she's already beaten everybody at thirty five and forty five. So I don't think you're going to see a championship fight. So you make those two the co the main event and co main event. Obviously, you'd make Michael Chandler. Uh, and Gaethje, the main event, and Dariush, the uh, the co-main. But that trying would to think of what else, what other what other title fights would line up? Then maybe yeah. maybe Aljo has to do it again. 
with that. That needs to happen. So that card, that that might be a tailor-made card for that fight, even though they might want to run it back a little sooner. I don't see that fight as being a headliner, though. Um, Yeah, it's true. I really don't. I don't think that would sell pay-per-views and, and, you know, you, I mean, everybody, you know, if, you, if you've watched our show and listened to our show, we had Aljo on when he was about to fight Henan Burrell all those years ago. And, you know, we had faith in Aljo then, but as far as a main event, I don't see it. Yeah, like he's got he's to gotta win the belt legitimately, defend it, and then, then he'll be... And I don't want to say that because he is... He has star power. I just think that the way that this whole thing went down, it definitely took his ability to have... To be to reach that oh, that, looks looks that height, and especially the way it went down with the coach, um, you know, I'm, I choose to still be a fan of Aljo because everybody makes mistakes, yeah. and you know, it's a hard situation. He might have felt some type of way about something that we don't know about, you know. So I think what it was is the fact that you know, if you listen to Matt, he was spending that time at the UFC Performance Institute, and you know, when you spend enough time with a coach, even if it's not your actual coach. You guys start going over things, and you get that bonding time in. So maybe what you were learning with your coach, which would have been Matt, is something that you strayed away from with this other coach. I mean, he still had Ray Longo there. But Matt and Aljo were taking pictures together. So, I mean, who knows what the situation really is there. But the way that it went down, like you said, is pretty ugly. Um, At first, he wasn't celebrating winning the belt. Now he's taking pictures with the belt everywhere. Me personally, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, um, like I didn't have any issue with the way he took the L or took the W. Like that's not he didn't make the rules. And then he dropped the belt in the octagon, and I was like, "Word." Yeah. And then twenty minutes later, he's in the hotel, fucking drinking, you know, rum and cokes, or supposedly I don't know what I was. Yeah, I, I don't know what it was. And, and, and the guys from Sarah were there, like Marab Dishvali. I'm like, so everybody's there except the person who should be there which is Matt Sarah, and, and, you know, I didn't really agree with celebrating with the belt, and I still don't, you know. Aljo, I love you. Stop taking pictures of the belt. Just stop it. Yeah. Win it. And he's saying it's for his friends and family and things like that. Like, maybe you should not do it Yeah, for your friends and family because there's probably going to be backlash. Oh, if he loses? Oh, my God. Well, not only that, just, like, the fact that, you know, he's like, oh, I did it because my friends and family, and it's like, you know, you're posting, you know, like, something that people are going to clearly hate on. So... You're doing it for your friends and family, but in the long run, your friends and family are probably going to have to get a lot of online bullshit because... I've stayed away from it. Oh, have I stayed away from it. Usually, I'm the first one to dive in and start arguing with people, and I'm like, I have no leg to stand on with this. How am I going to defend this? Yeah. Yeah. That's like... Perfect example. If there's three people in a a jiu-jitsu division, and you win the bronze medal, and you're actually proud standing up there... Holding that, yeah, it was metal. always uncomfortable for me to see to see people on the podium, um, you know, next to the guy that they just got beat by, in like all smiles. I don't know. I get it in to a degree because taking third in certain things is a huge accomplishment. Second, even, but I don't know. I'm a fucking bitter, bitter sore. Yeah, loser. but if you take third in a division in a division where there's only three people. Yeah, oh, that's like, different. That's I didn't, maybe about. I didn't hear that part. Yeah, yeah. that's Ooh. what I'm talking about. That's the equivalent of holding That's that. something like JV wrestling shit where yeah. it's like you got to wrestle your teammate because they don't have another guy exactly. on the other team. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, he's walking around with that with that bronze medal right now in, in a division where there was just only a couple people. Um, I mean, it was a good fight, but 
the rematch, I think Peter Jan's going to be coming in there with some pretty big angst. And they're going back and forth with each other on Twitter now. And uh, I think Aljo's going to be a lot more prepared. Uh, I definitely don't think he's going to be hanging out on his knees in front of Peter Jan, like the basketball diary scene where, uh, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio. He's got to wrestle him. He's got to wrestle him more. Yeah. Uh, And the winner of that, which I don't agree with, is probably going to be getting TJ Dillashaw, who's coming off a giant suspension for being a right. Now, TJ has no fight lined up. I was hearing something, no? There's rumbling. He wants to fight for the belt. That's that's it. He wants to fight for the belt. I think he should have to fight Dominic Cruz. Yeah, like two. That's what I think. What about it, like um, a Sun Tzu or whatever, the dude that got knocked into fucking obliteration by Colby? Was it Colby? Cody. 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 Yeah, I, I, they can't give Dillashaw an easy fight his first fight back. They can't. They got to give him a killer. Um because, I mean, look. Especially he, if he's asking for fucking immediate title shots. Yeah. They got to give him a killer. Health and Fitness Professionals is your one-stop shop for all things sports medicine. They now have four locations in Woodbridge, Scotch Plains, South Plainfield, and Freehold, New Jersey. They're now offering physical therapy, occupational therapy, pain management, chiropractic services, acupuncture, cryotherapy, you name it, they do it. I can't say enough about their chiropractors on site. I get adjusted literally three times a week to get my old 35-year-old self feeling as best as possible. Contact them today. Check out their website, www.hfrehab.com for more info. As you just told me before we hit the record button again, uh, San Hagen wants the TJ fight and TJ doesn't want it, but after Corey's knockout of Frankie, um, Corey and Aljo have a little bit of unfinished business since Aljo beat him with a rear naked choke at the beginning of this whole pandemic thing. I think Sanhagen's probably going to get the next shot at whoever wins, whether it be Aljo or Peter Yon. Um, So that's kind of what I see going forward for that division. That division actually is one of is probably if not the most exciting division in the, in the MMA right now. I think there's a lot of fucking things happening. And what up with Aldo? Is he still in that division, or did he move back up? I think he is still in that division. Being yeah, I'm not just saying, but there's just a lot of guys. There's a lot of you know people to test yourself against. And I'm I'm saying this because 35 used to be that weight class that nobody gave a fuck about, and then even you know still kind of. Most people don't give a fuck about, but when you really get into it, these cards are stacked with a bunch of guys at the smaller weights these days. That's where you're getting the best athletes because all the bigger dudes are playing in the NFL, in the MLB. And Here we go with yeah, that. Yeah, I, I knew I had to bring it up in the first episode because we're going to be talking a lot about that. But um, yeah, I mean, I think today went well. First episode in. Um, Tommy, what do you think? I. When are we doing this again? Tomorrow. Yeah, right. We keep doing this, and look, I had a, I had some important business meetings. I'm a fucking big time, big shot now, so I had to hit stop like seven times. Tommy then decides that it's okay for him to actually touch my fucking soundboard. He doesn't realize that as soon as we stop recording, I'm gonna fuck him up and choke his ass out. But it's all right. It wouldn't be the first time that I beat his ass. So, <laughs> um, it's been fun for myself, for my boy Tommy D, for my guys over at Fight Book MMA. All my peoples at Chop Sports, it's been real. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you what week? Next week. We'll see you next week. Let's just do it next week. Let's just do it every week. Yeah, we're going to do one every week. Every week, guys. See you next time.